0: Today is a Sunday, the day that we're recording this at least. And speaking of recording, I wanted to make sure that you, the listener, have a heads up about our upcoming shifts and uh, something that we're experimenting with starting in September 2021, which is dropping down to two episodes a week, releasing on Mondays and Fridays. Right now, or up till this point, we've been releasing three times a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. But due to my travel schedule, due to our workload, and due to our curiosity, we're going to try out just doing two episodes a week. So Mondays will be a solo episode like this one, and Fridays will be our guest episodes. And we have some amazing guests lined up. We would love your feedback on it. So if you see this new schedule coming out and you're missing the Wednesday episodes, please let us know via social media or email. All of that is linked at wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com if you've not been to our website yet. And if you do enjoy two episodes a week, if you prefer that, please let us know as well because we want to make this podcast work for you. And we don't get a ton of feedback aside from... Comments on elements of our episodes, but not a lot of people tell us like about frequency or length or any of that. Now, the length we really enjoy doing, so we don't plan to adjust that. Although occasionally we do shorter episodes, we never really know how long an episode is going to be, but they tend to average between sixty to ninety minutes. If you have any feedback whatsoever, seriously, please send us an email. We just love to hear from you, especially if you have been listening for a while and and you kind of have a a bigger perspective on it. And if you're a new listener, actually, that's equally valuable because maybe more from an unbiased or outsider perspective, that would be really helpful to us. So today I went out and did a few things in Los Angeles and I felt a lot of anxiety coming up for me. And this is something that I've been really paying close attention to for a number of reasons. I talked about this on a recent episode some point in the past month or so, how I had a therapy appointment because I was curious if, if I had ADHD, which I still kind of suspect because as I've looked into it, I have a lot of the symptoms of ADHD, but not a lot of the classic symptoms, which is why I've never sought it out before. But when I went to this therapist... She wasn't able to fully evaluate me and she told me she doesn't suspect that I have ADHD. She, she believes that those symptoms are the result of anxiety. And I've experienced anxiety and depression off and on, but I think the anxiousness has been an ongoing thing for me. And I feel like the more that I've tuned into it, it's been a little helpful because I can do more things to support myself. And I feel less judgmental of myself because in the past, before I really identified what was going on with me, I think I would just feel a lot of shame. And I'm trying to craft my life more to support me. Sometimes though, when I'm hyper aware of my anxiety, it causes me some stress. And that's what happened today. And I was, I've been reflecting on it. It's also possible, by the way that it's a menstrual cycle thing given where I'm at in my cycle right now. So I don't know. And this is part of the reason I really enjoy tracking to see exactly like what's triggering it, what's going on that day. And I've been using this app called bearable. I've talked about it a few times. It's been really helpful. And every single day I track my mood, my energy levels and various elements of my day, any factors going on. I track my health. It's, it's awesome. Anyway, so I, I, I was really excited. I went to a coffee shop and then I went to a secondhand clothing store because I'm gearing up for my trip and I just have been wanting to get some clothes that I feel really good in. And I noticed while I was in the store, some anxiety coming out for me. I felt kind of rushed based on my timeline for the day. So that was part of it. And I'm, that's something I'm, I'm doing to kind of work on myself but i also remembered like moments of of how i was picking up on the energy of people in the store and there was like one or two people i noticed that just had like almost like a selfish energy that's what i was noticing about them and i'm very aware of other people for better or for worse a lot of times i'm aware because i try to as maybe as like a people pleasing technique i try to just take note of my surroundings. I never want to inconvenience anyone. I'm always trying to like adjust myself based on other people, even if they're strangers. Right. And I'm in the store and I noticed the opposite of these other people, meaning like they felt like they were per- like not purposefully getting in my way at the store, but like, it's almost felt like I was invisible and they were just like crowding the aisles of this clothing store. And I'm also because of COVID trying to keep my distance from strangers. I want to keep at least six feet distance. Plus I'm wearing my mask. And these women in the store were just like standing around acting as if I wasn't there, you know, also at a clothing store. I've always been this way, regardless of COVID. I don't like being around other people, like going through the same rack. And again, these are like the sort of things that tend to be to line up with ADHD for example it's like you have a hypersensitivity to things maybe it is anxiety though i don't know but i feel really physically uncomfortable like when i'm going through a rack like i want a lot of space so that plus covid i just feel almost like claustrophobic or a lot of nervous energy and i feel like a lot of people can pick up on on your body language you know and You know, I try to notice these things about other people. So I wouldn't get that close to somebody at a clothing rack because I don't like that. And I know people can't read each other's minds, but these women were not picking up on my like physical cues. And it was just irritating me a lot. And it just felt like they were standing in my way multiple times, like throughout the whole store. And I was like starting to feel really frustrated, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Then my third stop of the day was I went into a grocery store. And I started to feel a lot of COVID anxiety in there because people were not physically distancing themselves. I think everybody was wearing a mask in the store, which was comforting for me. But I started to feel a lot of anxiety about being around people because in that store, it was there was very little physical distancing going on. And unlike last year in 2020, This particular store used to really monitor how many people were in the store at once. And today I was like hyper aware that they weren't doing that. And that coupled with the fact that people are just like not even really paying attention. I started to feel really anxious about that because... From my viewpoint on COVID right now, in early August 2021, like the numbers have gotten gone really high. We have the Delta variant. People are now starting to talk about the Lambda variant. There are, there are all these variants going on. There's a lot of information we don't know, but so far it seems like with Delta, it's high, it's more contagious. And even if you have the vaccine, like I do. You can still transmit it. You can still get COVID. And that's causing me anxiety. And it's like really frustrating to me that store- grocery stores are not currently regulating and encouraging physical distancing, right? And I kind of felt this frustration of like, gosh, like what is going on? A, like at this point, after all these months we've been through the pandemic, I don't really understand why people in general aren't more aware of their surroundings with other people. Like, I'm used to physically distancing myself, and I'm comfortable doing that. But it kind of felt like in the summer of 2021, people just became relaxed about it, especially after the vaccines came out. And now, like, a lot of people just seem to be going back to normal. And I'm not comfortable going back to normal after what I've read about the Delta variant, you know? So now I'm like, gosh, like, it's frustrating because... I don't know if I feel fully comfortable being in those environments anymore and that feels sad. And I was just kind of taking note of like the anxiety and the sadness I was feeling and then I saw two things on TikTok. And TikTok has tends to be my coping mechanism when I'm feeling stressed. I'll lay down in bed or on the couch and just go through TikToks for a bit. And I saw one of this woman who was sharing about how sad she feels watching climate change and the pandemic. And she's like kind of taking a very depressing viewpoint of like climate change is happening and we're living out the last quote of our days in a pandemic. And I don't have that viewpoint. Like I still have a lot of hope that we can work on the climate. I still have a lot of hope that we will figure the pandemic out and adjust to it as necessary. But just seeing her perspective gave me pause. And I was like, gosh, you know, the truth is we don't really know what's going to happen with the planet. We don't really know how long we're going to be in this time of the pandemic and how that's going to affect us long term. And I think that just like made me feel a little sad. But then I saw another post that I wanted to bring up today, too, that ties into everything that I'm sharing today is a, a series of tweets that the San Francisco gate, FS gate, SSF Gate shared, which is a publication. And there's an article, plus, like, they summarize the article in their tweet. So I'm going to link to both in our show notes at WellEvator.com. And the title of the tweets, not the title of the article, says in bold, a huge rise in people just forgetting to be human. And I read that line, and it reminded me of what I was experiencing today, right? Since restaurants reopened, customers have become unbearable in San Francisco. Since California's June 15th reopening of the economy, customers have gotten a little difficult. Well, a lot difficult. And they quote, I've been seeing a huge rise in people just forgetting to be human. This is the founder of a bakehouse. It may feel to customers that the pandemic is over and restaurants should be completely back to normal. In the reality, many restaurants are still feeling the effects of the global crisis. They go on to detail how at restaurants in the Bay Area, workers are encountering customers doing all sorts of Intense things like standing in the doorway to yell at a server who made a small mistake. And then that's uh, that customer's husband coming and starting to yell too, and how they've just noticed over and over again these experiences with customers treating them poorly. They've seen just, you know, this article kind of goes through all of these different elements. And when I see that, I feel a little bit heartbroken because if I'm feeling anxious in a store, I can't imagine what the employees are going through. You know, like what if they feel uncomfortable with the lack of physical distancing too, but they don't have a choice unless they want to quit their job? You know, the cashiers at the grocery store that I was at, the manager on the floor, the other people there, all doing their best. I've seen a seemingly endless amount of stories on platforms like TikTok about how bad things are getting on airlines right now. In the week before this recording, there were a ton of reports about how airlines like American Airlines, I think, and Spirit had to cancel flights for days for what a variety of reasons. I'm not fully clear on and how, you know, clearly people that are flying are incredibly frustrated and the customer service experience has not been good. And people are sitting in the airports for days and they're not getting well taken care of. But then I saw the other side of it from flight attendants and and airport workers saying that's because these people are getting paid so little. You know, I think I saw the average flight attendant makes like $30 an hour and the people working at the airport at the desks. Now I could be wrong with these numbers, but the, this is just what I saw from a quick glance. I think they were saying like $12 or $15 an hour to work at the airport and being attacked over and over again by frustrated people and they're like it's not worth it. So these people are either quitting or they're just you know not focused on rushing through or giving the best customer service experience. And through this, I reached out to one of my good friends who's a flight attendant. And she is like one of the sweetest personalities and just seems so resilient. And she's been a flight attendant for many years. And I asked her, like, how are things on your end? Are you experiencing this too? And she's like, it is so horrible for all of us right now. And she says she hasn't even experienced some of the worst things that she's been hearing about from other flight attendants. And she still feels like this is one of the worst periods of time of her job ever. And uh, to hear that from her just made it feel real to me because it's not just like these isolated instances, like it's constant stories on social media lately. And again, with someone like me with anxiety I already didn't like to fly. So I'm like, I cannot see myself going on a plane for a long time unless I need to. Luckily, I can drive and that's what I'm planning to do this month. But I guess all of this just breaks my heart because on top of all of it too, there's just so many different opinions on the pandemic. And it just feels so chaotic right now. It feels like Nobody really knows what's going on. We're not all on the same page. People are constantly fighting with each other about their beliefs and socializing is just becoming harder and harder. And I think that breaks my heart because it's like, I'm trying to be less introverted, but now it's like, I get so much anxiety, even just thinking about seeing my friends that I'm starting to become more and more isolated And I know I can't be the only one that's feeling this because other people are expressing it too. And that's why I felt like it was an incredibly important topic to discuss here.
1: I definitely feel a lot of the things you're feeling, Whitney, in the sense that I don't want to leave the house that much anymore. And it's a bit concerning to me because... To your point, you brought up the example of the anxiety you feel when you are in the grocery store or retail establishments. I've gotten to the flow now of when I go to the grocery store, which is maybe not even once a week. I think I'm going out for food maybe once every 10 or 11 days, maybe every week and a half I'm going out. But I go at night 45 minutes or so before the store closes because what I found is when I go to the grocery store close to closing time, there's a significant amount of, you know, there, there's significantly less people in there. So I find to manage my anxiety around being with large groups of people, I'm strategically going to the grocery store at like, you know, 915 at night or for the one down the street for me, they're open till midnight. So sometimes I'll, I'll walk and I'll go there at like 11 and there's barely anybody in there. So I share that feeling that you're describing of this really intense social anxiety. And I think what it comes down to, you know, I've seen the videos actually of some of the things that have been happening on flights. I actually, you sent me a TikTok and I saw the original video of this belligerent young man who was uh, groping and sexually assaulting some of the flight attendants that they had to duct tape him to the seat. Like I saw the actual video of it and, you know, on one hand... I'm trying to have a deep sense of compassion and understanding for how afraid and confused and broken people must feel psychologically, because I feel like that a lot of the time. I feel scared. I feel confused. I feel broken mentally sometimes, of course. But it's also like watching people's behavior, which can be so belligerent and so careless and so selfish and so narcissistic. It's like, I find myself retreating from wanting to be around humans because I don't want to fucking deal with them, which is kind of counter to another part of my personality, which is I miss being around people and I miss community. And like you, I'm concerned about my increasing sense of isolation. But on the one hand, there's the concern and the confusion around what's actually happening with the coronavirus and all the variants, as you mentioned. But I don't know. I joke about this, but I feel like I'm. There's like a misanthropic side coming out of me where I just don't want to be around people because I don't trust them. Like there really is like a deep issue where I'm considering Whitney. You know, if I go on a flight, is there going to be some belligerent asshole causing problems? If I go to the grocery store or a restaurant, is there going to be some angry entitled shithead causing a scene? You know, I feel like on the one hand, I do want to try and have compassion, but I feel like my tolerance for people's bullshit is very low right now. And those things, it's almost like the duality of wanting to be around people and being concerned about isolation, but also not wanting to be around people. That's, I think, one of the deepest sources of my confusion and a mental fracture for me is wanting seemingly diametrically opposed things. It's hard. It's hard to sit with those feelings, to think like, I want both of these things, but they're in opposition to each other. I don't know what the hell to do about it, so I'm just staying home. (laughs)
0: And yeah, it's interesting because I think nobody really knows how to get through this. And in a lot of ways, this is just causing like, um, what's the opposite of unity?
1: Division. Big time. Big time.
0: Because it's just like, I mean, even with my friends, like, it's so tough, like, because a lot of my friends are so eager to socialize. And I really was hopeful after getting the vaccine that I could socialize again comfortably. And I I've heard other people say this too. It's like I got two weeks of feeling more free from the vaccine because at that point I got I was fully vaccinated at the like third week of June twenty twenty one. And I was like, all right, great. I'm vaccinated don't have to wear my mask the mask mandate was lifted i think sometime in may maybe or early june and it did feel like things were getting better and back to normal and then like within that 3 week or less period everything started to shift because of the delta variant and it's like all right the masks are going back on and social distancing is important and all of these things and it just like felt like it zapped a lot of energy out of me. Now, not everybody is reacting that way. I know somebody who just went to a conference that I saw the footage of the conference. seventy plus people, seventy percent plus would be my estimate. We're not wearing masks. And I absolutely could not handle that environment right now with my anxious perspective on these things. But there are lots of people doing things like that. And you know, part of me feels like, go ahead and do what makes you feel comfortable. It's supposed to be a free country. But then there's another part of me that's like, we're not all on the same page. And that's something that's interesting to me about the pandemic, because I see a lot of people that are pro-vaccine on TikTok say things like, if only everybody had just gotten vaccinated, we wouldn't be here right now. And I, I don't know if that's true. I really don't. Like, that's part of what makes the vaccine a confusing experience is like, I still believe in people's rights to choose. And I want to feel understanding of different reasons, but like at the same time, I kind of feel like if you're not going to get the vaccine, like maybe be courteous and not go socialize around other people without masks. Like I think, and even if you, I don't know the masks thing, I feel a lot, very strongly on because there's more and more data coming out about that. And it's like, I don't, I already feel uncomfortable just being around people period vaccinated and mass on, you know, like, because I, I now know multiple people firsthand that have gotten COVID despite being mindful. And it's like, it's so tough to your point, Jason. I mean, it's not just the COVID issue that I'm concerned about. It's the lingering emotional toll That it's taken on people and how some people just feel that deep desire to do the complete opposite and just like break free and they just cannot handle it anymore. You know, like one of my friends from what she has shared with me was so frustrated living in Los Angeles, being a single woman and feeling so alone that she moved to Florida and I don't really know exactly what's going on, but my perspective is that she made that choice because Florida felt like a more open state and she felt like she could go out and socialize and not wear a mask and do all of those things. And it's like, I don't know what it's like to be in her shoes. And like for me personally, I, to your point too, Jason, like I feel more comfortable staying at home. I already did. Like it's not just the pandemic, like that's just part of where I've been in this stage of my life and maybe my personality. So I don't really know what it's like for somebody who's struggling with sadness, loneliness, depression, because they want to socialize, because that feels really challenging for them. But my concern is that, is that a selfish move that you're doing something to relieve suffering within yourself, but does that cause physical suffering for others? If you were being reckless or, or not mindful, you know, and that was even my thought at the grocery store today. It's like, it just doesn't feel that hard to keep six feet apart from people. And it seemed perfectly fine to everyone for months when they were regulating how many people were in the stores. Like, I don't know why we're not doing that anymore. Like those simple things that we could do to keep the cases down and to hopefully get to a place where it's not as strict and severe. But like, I don't, I just don't feel like people can have that much tolerance, maybe, you know? And like, that's something that maybe nobody could have predicted with this. Like, does, is it showing the like, that humans only have a certain level of tolerance before they are just like, screw it. I'm taking the risks. And I know that we had talked about in a previous episode, when I, the Woodstock 99 documentary, Jason, it's not really, well, it's not connected to COVID whatsoever, but was interesting. And I'm curious to hear your observations after watching it like that, just looking at from this perspective of where we're at right now, And actually, there is kind of a tie in because it reminded me of the crowds that I saw at the Lollapalooza concert in in Chicago. And then a lot of people were predicting that that was going to become a super spreader event. And I don't know if the data has come out yet because it's only been about a week. But I did see a girl on TikTok today saying like, I was at Lollapalooza and I got COVID and like, you know, everybody in the comments was like, no surprise there. Because most people at Lollapalooza were not wearing masks. And I remember seeing all that footage of that concert and thinking like, these people just don't care anymore. They just want to go and have fun and take the risks. And like, nobody's stopping them, literally. And then when I saw the Woodstock documentary, I'm like, you know, all these people are just wanting to be together and experience the pleasure of a concert and a pleasure of their sexuality and the pleasure of drugs. And like, it's like, are we all just so in desperate need of dopamine hits that we are willing to do reckless things?
1: I think that's a big part of it. I also think that there's sort of a lemming mentality or a mob rules mentality when it comes to humanity. Whatever you believe we are, I think that we do have I personally believe we have these primal reptilian animalistic instincts for connection, sexuality, self-expression, dominance, consumption. I mean, I think if we look at a lot of what's happening on the planet, our base level instincts, I think, if we're not aware of them, can get out of control really quickly. You brought up Woodstock 99, and I think a big part of that was there's a lot of layers to it. We could probably save it for another episode, but I think one of the big things was when human beings generally start to observe behavior in large groups of other humans, even if it goes against their conscience or their sense of ethics, some people will go, oh, well, it must be okay because look at all those like there's 10,000 people over there, you know, burning down that building and throwing glass bottles at the artists and, you know, sexually assaulting women. It must be okay. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. We're at a concert. Let's do that. Let's burn things and sexually assault women and. Throw broken glass at artists on stage. I think COVID as a parallel, Whitney, to that Woodstock documentary is similar in the sense that we're still in this mob rule mentality of, oh, yeah, I'm going to get together and I'm only going to hang out with people that agree with me. People that are pro-vax. We're going to blame everyone who's unvaccinated for this because that seems to be the mentality of pro-vax people I'm observing right now is they're blaming all the unvaccinated people that this keeps going. If only you fucking selfish assholes had gotten vaccinated, this wouldn't be going on. The data actually is maybe showing that that's not the case, but go ahead. You know, anti-vax people are, you're getting the mark of Satan. You're getting the mark of the beast. It's the luciferase. They're going to track you. You're going to turn into zombies because of the prions in the spike proteins. You know, fuck you if you're vaccinated. Oh, it's the Democrats. They're trying to molest and rape children and they've got a satanic cult of child trafficking. Oh, but the Republicans are assholes who are, are polluting the earth and they're giving the past to the court. Like we're all just fighting and we're all just attached to our perspectives thinking we're right and everyone else is wrong. And ultimately, that's probably going to be I don't want to be so dark, but I go there like if there is going to be an, a mass extinction event, it's probably be going to you know, be partially because we can't even agree on anything. We can't agree on anything. The world is burning. There are hundreds of thousands of acres on fire on the West Coast right now. The UK flooded a few weeks ago. We are seeing glacial melt that is unprecedented in, you know, recorded human history. You know, it's a tough moment because you look at the division, Whitney. You look at the fighting. You look at the finger pointing. You look at the blaming. You look at the anger, the confusion, the vitriol. As the world is literally burning and flooding around us. I don't know if we're going to have time to save things. We may not. We may. We may not. But I think if we keep yelling and screaming and fighting with each other, our chances of saving humanity and maintaining a habitable planet go down. Because if think about it. Think about how much we're fighting and warring with each other instead of addressing the fact that, oh, I don't know, the planet's on fucking fire, (laughs) That's what concerns me is people are more concerned with being right. And, and you know, maybe it is maybe people are like, well, we need to We need to solve the pandemic so we can focus on the planet. I've seen people say that and I get that mentality. It's hard to save the planet if we are worried about catching a potentially life-threatening virus. I get that. But it is the division, Whitney, that concerns me the most right now. I don't know. There are some days I shake my head and I just don't know what to do other than try and not get in the middle of this infighting and not get into a mentality of needing to be right and proving my rightness to other people. But it seems on all sides, that's what a lot of people really want to do right now. They're more concerned with being right than actually like saving the planet.
0: And it's really tough because when you mentioned the word trust, I, (laughs) the word I chose for myself this year in 2021 is trust. And my trust has really been tried a lot. And I think I chose that word because I I remember it coming up for me last year during the pandemic. Like, I just didn't trust being around people. And I I think that also motivated me to get the vaccine. I was like, I want to feel more comfortable about socializing. And I want to feel more trusting about the experience. And, you know, there were a lot of reasons why I decided to do it. And, And even like, when you're describing this whole thing, like turning into zombies, I even, I had this thought, I'm like, you know what? I'm just so tired. Like at this point, <laughs> I don't know. I guess the risk was worth taking. Like, honestly, I think that's part of the challenge here is like, it's a really big mental health issue for me. And I, I didn't expect it to impact me as much, but the timing coincided with me, like really... Noticing how much anxiety I I have and I've struggled with so much in my life. Like things that cause me anxiety are is really tough on top of like what I already have in most cases. You know, I've just been so good at at functioning, like high functioning anxiety, where I can hide it and most people don't even realize that I have anxiety. And I wonder how many other people are hiding their own anxiety or not even aware of it. Like, but I, the more I tuned in, the more I, I noticed it. And it was like, for my mental health, that was a huge motivation for getting the vaccine. But like I said, unfortunately, it's not quite what I thought it was. It didn't give me quite the freedom that I thought it was going to. And that's disappointing. Do I I regret getting it as we've talked about? And still, no, I have zero regrets getting the vaccine because I'm on a different, like my biased media algorithm, you know, like when you interact with content on platforms like TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, etc., you tend to see a lot of similar content. And what I see is a lot of pro-vaccine people, a lot of data, a lot of scientists and doctors and people sharing why the vaccine is is a smart choice. And that has made me feel better and I've actually tried to pay attention to the opposite perspectives, but they make zero sense to me. Like none of them resonate with me at all. Like I just, I cannot get on the side of the anti-vax perspective. It just seems completely crazy to me. And and I'm not trying to, crazy is a a judgmental word. It's not that I'm like judging the individuals, meaning like, okay, let me me rephrase this. I wouldn't say crazy if I'm being really conscious in my language. I would say it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's just like, I have not seen any information that resonates. It kind of reminds me of when I first learned about like the flat earth perspective. I was really curious about it. And I actually kind of felt open-minded to it and I tried to like get in and understand like where people were coming from and like why did they believe these things? I looked into the pizza gate stuff. Like I the QAnon, like I've, I've read about it and watched documentaries and like listened to people talk about it. And like, it just doesn't resonate with me. So I, maybe it's having looked at a lot of those perspectives. That's where like the anti-vax perspectives now just don't make sense. I also would say like, it's interesting because the anti-vax right now feels different than it used to. I, I don't know if you feel this way, Jason, but like I know a few anti-vax people personally, and I remember years ago actually respecting a lot of the work that they were doing. And I remember thinking, like, why should we get vaccines? Like, they're so full of ingredients that look harmful or cause harm to others. Or, you know, what's the point? And I would decline the flu shot. Like, I was just not someone that was interested in getting vaccines, and so it was really interesting making the decision to get the COVID vaccine because I think all, just due to the stress that it was causing in my life. And, and so in a way, Jason, I can relate because I think everybody on some level is trying to reduce their fears. Like that's where I think all of this is motivated. It's like, where can I find comfort? Where can I find pleasure during a time where it feels scarce? I think there's just so much sadness, depression, fear, anxiety, stress going on in the past year and a half that a lot of people are just trying to cope. And perhaps getting the vaccine was part of my way of coping, you know, like social distancing and wearing my mask like that feels safe to me. That gives me comfort, And maybe for others, they feel comforted by not getting the vaccine and by not wearing their mask and by socializing and hugging and doing the physical interactions. Like, And for that reason, I'm trying to be respectful of those choices because just because I don't understand them doesn't mean that they're inherently wrong. And I know people that i deeply care for that have made those choices. And so it's like on you know does that mean i don't care for them anymore because we don't agree on something? No. I think the tricky thing is and this is something i'm also having anxiety about like and sadness when i started planning my cross country road trip that i'm going on in 3 weeks from today um or yesterday technically. When i started planning it it was months ago. And that was also motivating for getting the vaccine. I'm like, all right. So last year when I did this trip, I felt like I had to take so many COVID precautions and it was challenging. And it was especially challenging to socialize. And I made some decisions that I wasn't fully comfortable with because I just lost sight of what was important to me. Now I have a lot more clarity, but I also have sadness because... When I started planning this trip, I thought that COVID was going to be very different and we were going to be in a much better place. And I thought that my vaccine was going to like protect me a lot more than it turns out that it does, at least at this point. Who knows? (laughs) I think a chat change in three weeks, but it's sad planning this trip because I'm like, well, I guess I'll be taking those same precautions again, which is really draining. And I'm nervous about seeing certain people because there's some family members that are Republican. And I don't know for sure if they are vaccinated or wearing masks or making the same decisions. I know those those don't always align up with people's political beliefs, but certain parts of the country and certain political beliefs seem to go hand in hand with different types of behavior. And I'm really nervous. And I'm like, do I not see them at all? Do I see them and push myself out of my comfort zone? Or do I see see them? But, you know, I guess another version of getting out of my comfort zone is like, setting boundaries. And like, I'm really afraid that some of my family members are gonna think that I'm really weird for wanting to stay six feet apart. You know, like, I, I experienced that last year. And I also push myself to trust them. And then right now I don't trust most people. So I'm really nervous about what it's going to be like socially. Cause I don't want to like be that weird family member who's vaccinated, wearing a mask and doing six feet distance. If my other family members aren't vaccinated, don't wear masks, and don't physically distance. Like how do you navigate that? And that's like, going back to the division side of it, Jason, it's like, it's really tough. Because which side do you just agree to disagree? And everybody just does their own thing. It sounds easier. It's easier said than done, I think. And especially if you have anxiety like me, like it's really tough to navigate those things when like deep down, all I want to do is be with people I love. But I also want to be respected and I want to respect them. And it's like, it's tough. And it's, it's mostly sad. I am like, I guess I, I was hoping like, oh, I'll be fine because I'm vaccinated so they can do whatever they want and I'll be protected. But now I know that's not true. So it's like, great. It's tough.
1: Are these family members you're going to see? Are you are you physically staying in their homes with them or not?
0: Well, that's the other thing. I mean, I was planning on it, but now I don't know if I feel comfortable doing it, honestly, because, you know, if... <laughs> It's like, I, who am I to say we all need to wear our masks in, indoors in your own in their, home? Right, yeah, right. like if they're not comfortable wearing a mask, I'm a guest and I'm going to like come into their house and like demand that they wear a mask around me. Like that sucks. You know what I mean? I guess it depends on your relationship. But I noticed last year on my road trip, actually I found the, the great majority of the time I was the most strict about COVID. And it was really hard for me because I felt like the uh the what's the term? It's like there's like a goat term, the black sheep or something, not a goat, a sheep. And I just felt strange and like, you know, it, it sucks. I've experienced a lot of gaslighting during covid, too, of people being like, oh, you're you know, don't you don't need to worry about it. And I'm like, at this stage right now, I'm like a little bit defensive. I'm like, no, who are you to say I shouldn't be worried? I am not making this stuff up this is based in data that I'm seeing you may be seeing different data that's okay but don't tell me that your data is is more important or more valid than mine unless you can actually show it to me unless we're gonna sit down and review things side by side for hours let me trust that what I'm re- researching is enough for me to feel concerned you know like and maybe that seems like extreme but like it's kind of like at different levels. It's not that I'm close minded. It's that I right now I need to trust that my feelings are valid, because they're not coming from nowhere. They're coming out of my personal comfort zone. And it takes a while to intellectually drive yourself in a different direction, which I'm complete, I I would rather be as right as possible if that exists about COVID. But the, you know, I guess our big point here is that there there really doesn't seem to be a singular right perspective. And so that's what i mean to gaslight someone and try to convince them of your perspective unless you're going to sit down and actually focus on the data. That would be okay. Like i would be ha- i'm a very obviously intellectually focused person. I want to see the scientific back stuff, but like most people can't do that just like me. Like what am i going to say oh, well, I've read enough articles and watched enough TikTok videos and listened to, you know, enough whatever talks and news reports. And like, I don't have that all documented and I haven't cross-checked everything. And like, I don't even have all of the supposedly data to back it up, but I do have my own comfort zone and intuition. And so it's really tough though, when you're in a social situation, because I don't, as a people pleaser, maybe like, I don't want to like, I feel uncomfortable like standing up for myself in those situations. I think that's another reason why I'd rather stay at home is like, I don't want to fight with people. I don't want to debate, <laughs> You know, <laughs> like send me your research papers and I'll read them. But like, I don't want to sit there and debate when I'm there to like come visit you, you know? And so I feel like over the next few weeks, I'm probably going to have to contact each family member and friend that I was scheduled to see and just be like, Hey, like, can we, talk about this and you know I'll tell them where I'm at and we'll make a decision together and hopefully we can make a decision where everybody feels comfortable and honored but I'm anticipating it's not going to be easy or straightforward and I'm anticipating some judgment which is really tough for me to receive like it sucks I hate feeling made fun of or judged or shamed by people it's such a huge trigger for me and that I've experienced so much of that during COVID. And it ties into this like whole experience. I think that's why seeing this title of like the humanity side of things, it's like, why can't we just be kind to people even if we don't agree with them? I will say like one of my family members that I visited, she and her husband are Republican and I visited them right before the election last year. So it was like a tense time in the country, plus COVID. And I was so grateful because she and her husband decided before I visit. she told me this, they decided before I visit, like, we were not going to talk politics at all. And we are just going to focus on our family experience. And that was great. It didn't come up. It wasn't, you know, but they were definitely more lax about COVID. And I was trusting them and, like, ended up being fine. But, like, I'm at a different place now where it's, like, first of all, I'm trying not to have the politics of anything to do with this because even, you know, Republican people have gotten the vaccines and, like, have different perspectives. I don't think that you can make decisions around who somebody is just based on their political viewpoints. Like, I don't think that's fair at all. It's, like, religion. It's, as we've talked about recently... Just because you're Christian doesn't mean that you fall into all these specific categories, uh, stereotypes, you know. So I'm only bringing that up because of the associations with politics. But my point being, like, it's tricky for me right now to be around people that are more relaxed about COVID. Because in order for me to feel safe, I have to either have them respect my boundaries or have them back up their boundaries, And most people aren't willing to do that. Most people are make up their mind and that's where they're at and they don't want to discuss it, you know, and as an anxious person and a questioner, like if I'm going to do something outside of my comfort zone, you have to explain the why to me. If I don't get the why, I'm probably not going to come out of my comfort zone and I'm probably going to feel anxious about it and uncomfortable. And it's a frustrating part of myself that Is a barrier in social situations. But that's just the way it is right now. And I have to kind of navigate that.
1: I'm curious about first of all, you're going to the East Coast. You live in LA. We both live in LA. Does the implementation in New York City and the potential implementation of a similar thing in New York, they call it, they call it, they're calling it the key to the city, which essentially now in the city of New York, in order to go into, I believe it's a nail salon, barbershop, gym, sporting event, concert, or restaurant, you have to show proof of vaccination digitally, like a card. Apparently, they're not, you have to go through one of their digital portals. This past week, at the time of this recording in early August, the Los Angeles City Council put a measure on the table to mirror, in a very similar way, this key to the city that they've already passed in New York. With what you're describing in your emotional life, Whitney, around this anxiety, going to the East Coast on this road trip, coming back to L.A. at the end of it, does something like this, quote, key to the city in New York City and L.A. make you feel more or less anxious? Or does it not matter to you if retail establishments, venues, et cetera, are requiring proof of vaccination to enter? Like, how does that hit you emotionally? How does that affect you?
0: Well, it actually came up. I found out about The New York key to the city through a friend of mine who's not vaccinated. And if my teeth are green right now, it's because I'm... Are my teeth green? I'm still...
1: A a little bit in the back molar. Well, not the front, just like on the side in the back molar. There's a little bit of tint, a green tint.
0: It's because I'm eating spirulina (laughs) tablets. You know what it is? Like Speaking of anxiety, I generally like to have something to fiddle with or like some sensory comfort. And those tablets, I'm also eating to give myself some more energy, but they do get stuck in my teeth and then kind of give me a a green or blue tint. So for anyone watching on YouTube, that's why my teeth might look that way. I can't really tell. But anyways, a friend of mine told me about the key to the city changes and this friend not being vaccinated will likely not go to this trade show that's supposedly happening at the end of September. First of all, like, who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Like, I'm supposed to go to two trade shows, one in Philadelphia, one in New York City. And at this point, I don't even know if I'll be able to go with my anxiety. I really would like to go, but they're big commitments time-wise and energy-wise. And like, I don't want to get there and feel uncomfortable after I've committed to it. And like, there's a lot involved, so I'm going to just have to play it by ear. But to answer your question, Jason, it, it definitely is sad to me that people that choose not to get vaccinated like won't be able to do the same things as me in terms of does it make me feel more comfortable? Slightly, but again, given that they found that people who are vaccinated can still transmit it and can still get COVID, part of me is thinking... I mean, honestly, I'm concerned from what I'm hearing that unvaccinated people are at huge risks for the effects of COVID. And so I actually think it's in their best interest to not do those things if they choose not to get vaccinated. I think it's it's in their best interest to not socialize or to at least be very physically distanced and wear masks because... They're at much greater risk statistically. And also the data is saying now, whether or not that's true, we still don't fully know, but right now it points to that. If you get the, have the vaccine, that if you get COVID, your symptoms will be lessened. And I, again, I know people that have been vaccinated and had COVID and that seemed to be the case. So I'm concerned for unvaccinated people simply because there's a higher chance of hospitalization and at this time the hospitals are overloaded and like we're seeing a lot of the things that happened last year and that's scary to me. So, I guess like it, the only way it affects me, Jason, is a knowing that just because I'm vaccinated and other people are vaccinated doesn't mean that we're like 100% protected. So, does that change how comfortable I am in in stores or restaurants? Not a ton. But overall, I just think it's a smart choice because it's not saying like you have to get vaccinated. It's saying like, this is a way for us to remind you how serious this is. And if you're not vaccinated, it's probably in your best interest to avoid being in crowds. I think that's really the re- like, yeah, the politicians, for the most part, seem to be very set on encouraging people to get vaccinated, at least of course, Democratic politicians, but even Republicans are now speaking out. I mean, Donald Trump got vaccinated. So it's like I I also saw this, you know, a few people talking about how some Republicans like privately got vaccinated, but they didn't publicly announce it. And they're not overly promoting the vaccines, but behind the scenes, they got it to protect themselves, which to me is, is like kind of a bizarre thing. And I sent you to, didn't I send you something, Jason, about how some people are like getting vaccinated in private so that like other people won't find out that they're vaccinated because they're ashamed to admit it given their beliefs? I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, it's just so chaotic right now.
1: It's exhausting on so many levels. And it's almost difficult day to day to, I think, anchor ourselves in any sense of certainty or any sense of clarity. That's that's how I feel. Day to day, I feel like it is so challenging for me to anchor in certainty or clarity around any of it. Because as you mentioned throughout this episode, the data keeps changing, the recommendations keep changing, the restrictions keep changing, the restrictions get lifted, the restrictions get put back. It's maddening. So if you, dear listener, also feel you know anxiety, stress, confusion, and feel like you're losing your mind, you're definitely not alone. Because I feel... At some point every day, like I'm kind of losing my mind around all of it. The other part of this key to the city that is in New York City and that they may or may not pass in Los Angeles. You know, we have spent a lot of time in this podcast talking about inclusivity, diversity, making sure that we are focused on understanding the challenges and the plight of people in different economic classes people of different color people of different sexual orientations something was posted recently whitney talking about in los angeles the vaccination rate of people of color here people of black and latinx heritage and how that's the lowest vaccination rate in the city and how There is some people who believe that implementing something like the key to the city in L.A. is a discriminatory practice because it will prevent the people that are unvaccinated, which is the highest rate of people of color here, preventing them from going to work, preventing them from going to get groceries, preventing them from going to retail establishments, and how this is, people have said, uh, another aspect of colonization. Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take advantage of the disenfranchised people and prevent them from doing things. I don't know if that's true, but it is a fascinating perspective to consider. I mean, it goes deeper though into the hesitancy and the unwillingness. Is it a lack of access? Is it people in communities of color are anti-vax? I mean, I I don't have any data to support the the underlying low percentage of why people of color in LA are not vaccinated, but it is an interesting take to think about I'm not saying that those restrictions are intended to prevent people of color from accessing retail establishments, groceries, etc., but it is an interesting thing to ponder. And I'm curious if this does get implemented, Whitney, here in the city we live in, are people going to protest? Are they going to organize in a way and oppose it? I'm very curious to see how people are going to react if it does go through obviously you and i don't live in new york city i haven't seen any videos of people protesting in new york i have seen people protesting in in paris and in france hundreds of thousands of people being like fuck you we're not doing this this you know vaccine passport like people in europe are pissed i don't know it'll be interesting to see if this does go through how people in la are going to react you know And, and when you and i were texting about it last week In my anger, I was like, if they do this in LA, I'm fucking leaving. Which there's a part of me that still feels that way, to be honest, because I'm not vaccinated. And there's a part of me that's like, okay. But then I think about it logically, too, right? And there's a part of me that, okay, am I planning on going to any massive concerts or festivals right now? I'm not. Am I planning on going to the gym right now? Nope. Am I planning on going to the museum or any giant theaters? I'm not. The line that I draw is if they include grocery stores, And they're like, you can't go get groceries. Oh, I'm going to be protesting like a motherfucker. I'm going to be, if you don't let me go get food, fuck you. Like that's my, that's my line. And I think it's important for everyone to know their line. And some people have said, well, this sets a dangerous precedent because if they start to restrict our freedom to buy food and get groceries and like, where does it end? What else are they going to restrict? Which there's a part of me bluntly that also feels that way too. Like I understand the safety. I understand the mentality to keep people safe. But if you are restricting people from feeding themselves and getting water and food, I think that's a very precarious thing to do.
0: Well, to be fair, though, there are many ways to acquire groceries without going into a store. I mean, now they offer curbside pickup. They offer delivery. There are outdoor markets. I see what you're saying. Certainly, it restricts you and changes things. And I I don't know... is. Is New York preventing people from going into grocery stores?
1: No, New York has not. Apparently, like I said... I can't imagine.
0: I mean, to me, I, I see what you're saying. That would seem very extreme. And hopefully, they would offer the option to do... To show a negative COVID test, which I'm... You know, some places are one or the other. I mean, I see the freedom side of it. Absolutely. But like I said we also have to consider the people that are working at these stores and the trauma that they're going through working there with not knowing the condition in which people are shopping and like as we started off this episode with like i just don't know how anybody in the service industry is is making it through like truly from a physical and a psychological level don't i mean their safety needs to be a priority And they have really been put at risk in a lot of ways. I've also seen countless stories of how bad things have gotten for delivery drivers. So speaking of getting groceries delivered, like DoorDash looks like a complete mess right now. Horrific. Like Uber. I mean, the amount of delivery service workers that I've seen talk about these things, like the lack of tips that they're getting and the crazy distances that they have to drive and the amount of things that they have to deliver to people and like people canceling their orders. Like even in that San Francisco article I read, one of the workers was saying that somebody would cancel their order last minute after they've made 10 to 15 items for the order. And now they're just stuck with all this food that they wasted time and money making. And people that go and pick up deliveries or food And then that gets canceled. And sometimes they have to go return it. Like the stories of the service industry are really disturbing. And so I think we have to look at them too, Jason. It's their freedom has already been compromised in a lot of ways. And I'm glad that you brought up the colonization part of it. But like, we have to consider all these different sides and hopefully these rules are being put in place for the greater good, not to control. That's my viewpoint. I don't believe at this point, and I could be wrong. It does not feel to me like we are trying to be controlled and manipulated. And like, you know, I trust a lot of these decisions. Now, are they limiting and restricting? Yes. Are they going to have an impact on people? Yes. But maybe they're in place to encourage People to work through their vaccine hesitancy, which I'm coming from that perspective. I was hesitant about getting the vaccine through enough conversations and research. I decided to do it, and I'm grateful that I did. So maybe there are other people out there who could come to the same conclusion, but wouldn't unless they were restricted in some way. And I imagine. That is why these things are happening. I don't know for sure, but I'm not at a perspective at this point that it's being done to like take control over us and and Don't forget the pandemic started while Trump was in office like the government has gone through a huge transformation during covid right, and we can look at the decisions that were made. Last year, and and again, even now, Jason, that opposite perspective, it's like it took way too long for them to encourage us to wear masks. So we looked at the beginning of the pandemic. It was inc- incredibly reckless how the government was handling COVID at the beginning. Nobody really knew what was going on. So how many people could have been more protected if they had been more in the know. And now we're going in the opposite perspective. And hopefully that's to save lives, not to like make people suffer. But I still think we have a long way to go. And maybe to our big point here, in order to get people on the same page, we have to get strict about things. Because as we saw in in the Woodstock documentary, it's like, that was a great example of what it's like when There aren't a lot of rules and they said it themselves. Like they had really poor security at Woodstock. So if people can do whatever the hell they want and when given the opportunity, they will cause a lot of destruction. So from my perspective, sometimes even a temporary experience of strictness can help people come together to make a difference. And it's not always going to be pleasant, but if it's for the greater good... I'm okay with it. It's just tricky. You know, it's not simple, but I'm hoping that it's for the greater good.
1: It's difficult to assess. Honestly, I think this whole thing is bringing up so much for people. It's bringing up so much in terms of our privilege, our biases, our anger, our fear, control issues, anxiety. I mean, if you if you really look at this entire situation, I think it feels overwhelming because of everything it's bringing up. It's really stirring up so much in humanity right now on so many levels. And I don't know, it's, it's a difficult thing. I don't know that we have a conclusion for this episode because like so many topics we discuss, we are trying to stay sane, stay healthy, stay aware, share our perspectives with you, even if they're not fully thought out because they change day to day. And I think the other thing too, Whitney, that I want to say is I am trying my best to stay open right now and not be locked down to a crystallized perspective with anything. And some people might say, well, no, you need need to pick a side. You need to pick a side. I don't know that I do. And I kind of feel like operating in the middle or the gray area and understanding things and trying to read things and figure things out. That's where I feel most secure right now amidst the chaos and confusion and calamity is being in that middle space of going, just stay open. Try to stay open. Do your best to stay open. That's where I'm at in this moment with all of it. We're curious where you're at with it. As a listener of this podcast, whether you are consuming the audio version of this or watching on YouTube, you can always shoot myself and Whitney a direct email. It's hello at com, Or you can shoot us direct message on any of these social media platforms. We're on all the biggies, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, etc. But we are curious how you feel. Well, we know how some of you feel. We get we get messages. We've gotten a few messages from People with very crystallized perspectives on the vaccine conversation. But, you know, we're open in the sense that we do want to know what's going on in your heart and mind because we know this is not easy. This is not, at least to us, a clear-cut conversation. There's a lot of nuance. Things are changing all the time. So shoot us an email. Shoot us a DM. We always love hearing from you. And we also have more resources on our website, which is wellevator.com. We have blogs that we post every week. We have a newsletter that goes out every Friday with blogs, our latest podcast episodes, and resources we like to share with you for your mental and physical well-being. So we encourage you to sign up for that newsletter and read our blog posts all at wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R dot com. So with that, we will catch you with another episode soon of This Might Get Uncomfortable. This was a pretty uncomfortable conversation in many ways, but that's kind of what's going on on planet Earth right now. From COVID to climate collapse it's really fucking intense to be a human being on planet earth right now so we're sending you love we're sending you compassion and i really hope that we can find a way to make it all through this together i really do till next time we love you and appreciate you thanks for listening